Ole Miss is getting ready to go goat hunting. And also, some of their weapons may be close to coming back. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, I want to let you know that the Rebels play the Alabama Crimson Tide Saturday at 2.30 Central. It's going to be the next evolution of an explosive offense, and everybody can watch every play of the action with the Ole Miss hometown broadcast on Sirius Channel 191 or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there as well. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free water bottle with every purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that's absolutely the case. Anyway, let's turn the page a little bit and talk about what we need to watch for today. Number one, on this episode, we're going to talk about Ole Miss getting some weapons back on offense and what's the expectation. The defense is doing well in the red zone. How can that unit grow? And this is a program game for Ole Miss. We're going to talk about that in the third segment. Whenever you're talking about getting around the corner, well, this is one of those games that gets you around the corner. You want Ole Miss to be in the upper echelon of the SEC? This is a game that Ole Miss should win. But as we talked about yesterday, that can be problematic. So today in the news, um, Chuck Roundsville was at practice, talked about what was going on and everything, and all three of the injured weapons from the offense were fully dressed out. Now, two of them were in black no-contact jerseys, but Quinchon was in a black jersey last week as well. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But the, the real news that we got was that Zachary Franklin was in a full go um, dress out. And if Zachary's going to go, there's a chance all three of them might play. Now, I've looked at different practice reports and everything they're poking on. There's a lot of people speculating on what might happen. I do not know. I just know that Trey Harris, Zachary Franklin, and Caden Prescorm were all dressed out for practice. It wasn't training room. And Zachary Franklin was completely full go. He was in a white jersey, just like the rest of the defense. Now, why this is important is Zachary Franklin last year had 93 catches for 1,137 yards and 15 touchdowns. He is one of the NCAA's returning touchdown leaders from the wide receiver position, a really, really good football player. With as well as Trey Harris has done, we tend to forget about how good Zachary Franklin was at UTSA. Alabama, has not seen him play. We don't, Ole Miss fans don't even know how he will fit in Ole Miss's offense. Is he going to be Trey Harris or is he going to be Jalen Robinson? We will find out. Now, I'm going to talk about this in just a second. Everybody's going to say, well, this is their first game back. They're not, they can't be expected to be the dude. And that is absolutely the case. Well, here's the benefit of that we don't need them to be. We need them to be a threat of making big plays. And if that happens and the defense has to turn their attention to it, especially playing against Nick Saban, who is a Bill Belichick disciple, 
who always wants to have a situation where he takes away what you do best, if there's difficult different things that he has to worry about, there's going to be more complex for him to come up with that scheme. If it's just hit Quinshawn and Jordan Watkins, he could probably take one of those away. But if you have four different options that he legitimately has to worry about, that could be a problem for that defense. Um, we'll talk about all of this stuff in the intangibles um, as well. Now, Zachary Franklin wasn't the only player that was out at practice and dressed out. I expect Caden Priestcorn to play. Caden Priestcorn last year at Memphis had 48 catches, 600 yards, uh, 602 yards, and seven touchdowns. A really, really good football player. And I genuinely expect him to be – whenever this all happened and we were starting to wonder – when players come back, Caden Prescorn was the guy I put first. He was he was number one on the list of weapons that I figured would be back for the Alabama game. Now, with Zachary Franklin being ahead, I mean, Ole Miss is kind of ahead of the game. Now, we don't know exactly what this will look like. And anybody that tells you they know exactly what the, this is going to look out like one way or another is lying to you. They're, they're trying to further some sort of an agenda. I, I don't know what it is. But the answer is, this is the way you need to look at this, in my opinion. Them being back is better than them not being back. Would you rather go to Alabama without all your weapons or to have the weapons back and there be a little bit of rust on them? I think it's, I think it's pretty common to be excited in that situation, and Ole Miss has a chance to do pretty well. Now, the other thing was, in a black non-contact jersey at practice today was Trey Harris. And if he comes back, he is that Laquan Treadwell type that has given Alabama trouble over the years. He has eight catches, 188 yards, and five touchdowns. He has a chance to be a big-time player for this team moving forward. Now, if Zachary Franklin's going to be back, we might be able to beat Alabama without Trey Harris. And I hate that I'm even bringing this up, but it's like, wouldn't, wouldn't we want him to get a little bit better for LSU? If he if he makes that jump from 70% to 90% in the next week, when that I don't know. That's a weird situation. Alabama is still Alabama, and Ole Miss needs to beat Alabama to accomplish what they want to do. So we'll see exactly what's going on there. We have we have a lot of weapons that Ole Miss can go, and we're going to cheer like crazy for those guys, whether it's Zachary Franklin, Caden Prescorn, or Trey Harris. You got your Quinshawn Judkins. You got Ulysses Bentley, who quietly against Georgia Tech had a Le'Veon Bell-type performance. He's kind of learning a different technique in running the football, so I'm really interested to see how, see what happens there. Number three, I'm, I saw Jam Griffin played a little bit. I'm interested to see what he can do. Um, and Matt Jones had the touchdown. So this Ole Miss football team has a chance to be very explosive moving forward. And – that is before all these weapons potentially come back. That is before Jackson Dart has the comfort level of a Caden Priestcorn, has the comfort level of a Trey Harris back in the offense. This is going to be a little bit of a struggle for the next two weeks because these are probably the two best teams in the SEC West. Not saying that Ole Miss can't win. Right now, I think Ole Miss should beat Alabama. Now, Nobody would be surprised if a team threw it full of four and five stars, one game, rose up and actually played like four and five stars. Nobody would be surprised at that. 
But if everything goes to chalk and we see what Ole Miss has done during the season and we see what Alabama's done, done during the season, I think Ole Miss has at least a coin flip of winning this football game. I think the key to this game with these weapons coming back will be a fast start for Ole Miss. Alabama is not built to come back. They're just not. Their offense has run the ball and explosive plays. They cannot drive the ball throwing the football down the field. If you look at their zones in their intermediate zone and in their short zone, it's not very good. But in their deep zone, Jalen Milrow is a pretty good quarterback. So. The one thing that I'm going to talk about in the next segment is the defense and what they're doing well and how we could get better. And we're going to mention this. We need to eliminate explosive plays. If you just keep everything in front of you against Alabama, you have a chance to be pretty good. And we're going to talk about the intangibles that Ole Miss has going for them in segment three, which honestly, other than this being an Alabama home game, Ole Miss has every single intangible in their favor for this game. It is bizarre. So I hope everybody is ready to tune in to CBS at 2.30 Central on Saturday. It could be a lot of fun. Post-game post and pre-game show should be fun as well on this channel. Anyway, today's show, I do want to let you know, is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you that sculpted look. They do the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. What? Okay. You know what? I'm going to go off script just a little bit here, and I just want to tell you what's going on. These guys have been really good with the program. You know, they've sent all sorts of free gifts. They sent us um, clothing and all of that. And I was very skeptical whenever they sent it. It's like, Bird Dog's sending you some shorts. Um, you know, wear them. Tell me what's going on with them. And I was like, okay, I'm skeptical. Whatever. But as many of y'all know, I have to walk two, three times a day, like a mile, um, just to keep from getting wobbly because half of my balance got cut out in surgery in 2019. So I do that to keep my balance, you know, better as well as it can be. If you walk in the wrong shorts, if you wear cotton shorts, it is, it is difficult to find comfortable things. And you don't want to wear those like those running shorts out in public when you're just walking, that would look absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I was looking for something that I could just wear and be comfortable in walking down the road. And bird dogs was that, that they're that short and you put them on, you walk and you don't even know they're there. They're just, they're just comfortable. Whether you're playing golf or going to the theme park or just walking around the neighborhood, bird dogs are exactly what you need. So go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LockedOnCollege at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 to 1, Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. I will be on this week somewhere around the noon time frame. So end of the first hour, they should have me as well. College football kickoff live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College football kickoff live 
every Friday from 11 to 1 Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. All right. So we talked in the first segment about what the new weapons coming back, the weapons coming into this offense could mean for Ole Miss and what is the expectation for those weapons. This segment, we're going to talk about the defense and, and how the defense has done in the early parts of the season. We're Believe it or not, we're a quarter of the way through it at this point. But we will talk about what they have done well, and they have done some things well. There's some things that have been clunky, and there's some things they need to clean up, but there's a couple of things they're doing really well. And if you remember me talking back in the summer, I thought how this defense would be clunky. That's the word I use, clunky but they would be good at one or two areas. And these are two areas that I think Ole Miss have been pretty good at, especially when you consider on fourth down. We're going to go over that in just a second. On fourth down, um, it's mostly like two or three yards. It's not like long yardage fourth downs. So Ole Miss has done a nice job holding their opponents to 43% conversions on third downs, even on short yardage. That's five of 12 for the season. But the main thing where they're making their bones right now are their red zone defense. They, they, they're doing really well-coached things. There was Dijon Anthony made a nice play in the end zone against Georgia Tech, but they're holding teams to just a little over 57% um, TD percentage in the red zone, and score percentage at all, at all is 86%. So it's not even a sure thing. Once you get inside the 20-yard line, you will score at all but they're definitely keep doing a decent job of keeping you out of the end zone. And this was important for Ole Miss against Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech was pretty good. Buster Faulkner, we told you. I mean, Georgia Tech, this was an improved team. Haynes King is was probably the best quarterback that Ole Miss has played up to this point and probably will pass this weekend as well. But keeping them out of the end zone, really important. We saw against Tulane, DeAndre Prince showed out. There was a, a busted coverage. Georgia Tech was able to get a um, touchdown on, and I think they ran it on a zone read with Haynes King running the ball. That's you know kind of bully to him a little bit. Um, but this defense has played pretty well in the red zone, and they've played well on fourth down, which means they've played well with their back to the wall, which is all you want, and you want condensed fields and things like that. We mentioned that the thing that we were worried about coming into the season was safety play. And this is where Ole Miss can probably get a little bit better and against Alabama, LSU, and beyond, and especially against LSU because Malik Neighbors is a dude, okay? We, we kind of need to be having our A game ready when Malik Neighbors is on the other side of the field. But Alabama has good players too. They're four- and five-star players. They're talented guys. So the strength of this Alabama offense is probably explosive plays. Their deep balls have been going really well. Ole Miss, conversely, has had busts in every game. They've given up explosive plays. The safeties have been victimized from time to time. So one thing you need to watch for in this game is if Ole Miss can keep everything in front of them. Make Alabama drive the ball. That's all you need to do. Make Alabama put together a 10-play drive to score a touchdown, and if Alabama does, give them a thumbs up and tell them to do it again. Do not give up the explosive play to Isaiah Bond or whichever receiver is on the outside. Do not make it easy for Alabama. You've had busts from Samari Walt and Aishim Young, and this isn't necessarily call them out. 
this is just to show that all of the players in the back are equally making the same number of mistakes. If Ole Miss can be locked in in this game to where Alabama is forced to drive the football down the field, Alabama's offense does not scare you. You're looking at an Alabama offense that will score 17 to 20 points if you eliminate explosive plays. If you give them explosives, they might get into the high 20s, and it's going to be difficult to score that many points against this defense. So it is imperative to limit the explosive plays. Make sure you do your job on the back end of the defense. Make sure you're spying Jalen Milrow effectively. Make sure you're playing games and doing movement with the offensive line and doing the stuff that gives them, gives them problems. What you don't want to happen is this to turn into a get-right game to where it kind of works and they feel conf confident and they feel comfortable and they kind of drive the ball and do the things that they did against Middle Tennessee against that defense. I told you that this defense had a chance to be clunky, and it's never going to be a finished product this year. The, is, there's too much difference from what Chris Partridge did a year ago to what Pete Golding does this year and too many transfers having to come in to try and figure that and fix those system issues. But if you eliminate those explosive plays, just that, that is the only thing. Don't give them face mask penalties. Don't jump off sides. Play clean. Make them drive the field. You'll beat Alabama. And we'll be talking about how this LSU game is the biggest since biggest in 20 years in Oxford um, and things like that. But that is an important thing in a way that this Ole Miss defense goes from being good. Because honestly, if you look at the stats and look at the numbers, the defense has actually been fairly good. The bust have been the problems. The busted coverages. Tulane had two, two plays that were extremely long. There was a long run that Mercer got against. That, that is how this de the defense has been victimized. And a busted coverage allowed directly for a Georgia Tech touchdown. Whenever they were forced to drive the ball, they couldn't necessarily do it. So eliminate those busted coverage. Eliminate those explosive plays. And Ole Miss has a chance to – I'm dead serious about this. It's one of those things where if you told me this game was a boat race one way or another, I just think Ole Miss won this game big. But if you allow explosive plays to happen, all of a sudden Alabama might get the score in the upper 20s, in the low 30s, and against this defense it will be difficult to score that many points. You'll have the equivalent of what you had last season. and. It's one of those take that for what it's worth type situations. Ole Miss can win this game. They need to eliminate those explosive plays defensively. If they do that, they can win this game. Their offense is well enough to do that. The question becomes, like, either way, Ole Miss probably has the talent to win, but does it look like 2015 or 2014? I think it's going to be a relatively close game either way. I think – um, Ole Miss has a chance to do some things that are pretty impressive. This is a corner game, and we'll talk about that in the next segment about how this is a corner game, and we'll talk about other intangibles that give Ole Miss, Miss the advantage as well. But I do want to let you know that this show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for, care for themselves and their loved ones during this unexpected time. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use 
and gives you the peace of mind that you are not just hoping that you ac have access to medication in an emergency. We all know with supply chains and the, the way things wait and the way things seem to be more broken now than they were 15 years ago, strangely enough. Well, this gives you the opportunity for that peace of mind as well. But Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to license, pharmacy, medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com promo code locked on. The Rebels play the Alabama Crimson Tide Saturday at 2.30 Central. It's going to be the next evolution of an explosive offense, potentially. Should be on tap, and you can listen to the whole thing through the voice of David Kellum on SiriusXM Channel 191 or on the SXM app, searching Ole Miss Rebels. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there as well. So the third thing that we'd like to talk about that you need to watch for is the intangibles in this game. and a, if you look at tweets that have happened and Wei Lang Kiffin is behaving on Twitter, he feels good about this game. He feels get your popcorn ready good about this game. Of course, we remember what get your popcorn ready looked like, but he likes to have fun and troll and do the things on Twitter against Alabama for whatever reason. But it's not just Lane Kiffin feeling good about this game. If you look at this quote, this was immediately after the Georgia Tech game. On the field, whenever Jackson was walking off the field. Talking about the Alabama game, this is a game that our whole team is looking forward to, especially with how things ended last time we played them. Obviously, they're Alabama, and you know what to expect from them. All of us are kids, have seen Alabama at the top, and we're really excited for the challenge next week. And if you look at that picture, Jackson Dart probably has a little more fire for this game than you would think. Because there was also the thing where Dallas Turner like shoved his head in the ground multiple times. There were phantom calls. That was a weirdly officiated game. It was one of those situations where every Ole Miss player was like, hey, we should have won that game. And if you think about what I told everybody all summer, with Zach Evans, Ole Miss beats Alabama last year. No doubt in my mind, Ole Miss beats Alabama with a healthy Zach Evans now, last year. That concussion, that fumble, that touchdown completely turned the game over because Ole Miss was completely bossing that game up until that point. Alabama scored a touchdown in a lot of ways. It was just like 2016, but you know, I kind of digress on that one. But if you look at the way that game went, and especially the second half to where kind of Alabama embraced the villain role for a second in that game. And Jackson Dart was the recipient of that. And if you think of Jackson Dart, every single question that we've had about Jackson Dart, he's answered. And the question that we have is, will Bryant Denny be too much for him? No, it probably won't if you think about it. Will he rise to a level to where he plays really well in that situation? Every time that is required that he plays well, he's played well. He has all the tools to be a big-time quarterback. Unbelievably physical runner because we all know quarterback running the football is a big thing 
when it comes to playing against the Alabama defense because they're going to play a lot of two-man against you. So Jackson Dart, as we told you yesterday, is one of the keys of the game. But what he went through last year is also making an intangible to where he is juiced. He is jacked. And you could tell by immediately talking about Alabama when he was walking off the field against Georgia Tech. Now, he was probably asked about it, but he still had that answer ready to go. That was a necessarily canned answer. He's thought about that. That's rehearsed. They were probably talking about the Alabama game while they were practicing for Georgia Tech. And honestly, the way they started that game kind of looked that way. But that is interesting to me. Now, this game, just by itself, if you eliminate all of that, this is a corner game for Ole Miss. And what I mean by that is everybody everybody talks about, oh, my team is this close to turning the corner or, or we, we need to get to the we're, – we're close to turning the corner. Well, this is that corner. This is the difference between Ole Miss being a middle SEC tier team and Ole Miss being a serious player for the league, even if it's just for this year. And if you look at the results that other teams are having, you can see exactly that case. This is a big game for Lane Kiffin, for Ole Miss, for the whole university to go along with everything's happened. All of beating Alabama comes with a certain level of cachet. Ole Miss will jump into the top 10 next week if they beat Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium before LSU and the biggest game between Ole Miss and LSU probably in 20 years. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Ole Miss needs to win the game in Bryant-Denny Stadium. But if Ole Miss does that, it will elevate their program to a level previously pretty much unseen. The last time that Ole Miss was in that situation, I don't think they even were necessarily in 2015 or 2014 when they actually did pull off those upsets. I don't think those were program-defining wins. Those were upsets. Ole Miss had a good football team. I'm not saying they didn't, but those were probably upsets. This game, if Ole Miss won this game, would not be an upset. But if you think about it, this is this is similar to when remember when Georgia wore their blackout jer, jer, jerseys against Alabama in like 2009 and Alabama beat them like 35 to nothing. It was like when they came out in black, they were going to a funeral. Um, that that level of raise your program up. Georgia did not do that then. They they eventually got there, but they did not do it that day. This is one of those games for almost football. This is one of those games for Lane Kiffin because. People like to poke fun at Lane Kiffin's win record at Ole Miss as far as beating ranked teams. The last one, I think he, well, he beat Kentucky, who was seventh in the country, but they didn't finish seventh in the country. That's the benefit that they say. If you beat those teams, they're going to fall down in the rankings, so the win's automatically not going to be as impressive. But if you look at it, probably the best win that they had and bought Hemingway was either that Kentucky game or Texas A&M. They usually get somebody. So getting Alabama on the road, this might be Lane Kiffin's first win if they won that game since he was at USC. Getting LSU, these are huge games for the program. And I think they're going to come out and play loose. They're going to play fun. They're treating it like a free shot. They're being playful almost. And I think you'll see this football team come out and absolutely perform. In 2021, 
under Matt Corral, the get your popcorn ready at the beginning of the game, the moment was too big for the team. That was a 10-win Ole Miss team. The moment was too big for them. They got off to the slow start. Coaching decisions were kind of as if you were an underdog type thing trying to win the game. I think this situation where Lane Kiffin can play straight up against this Alabama team. I think he thinks that um, Ole Miss has a better football team than this Alabama team. We'll find out. They're going to put the ball down. Um, But if those players come back, those weapons offensively, because remember, Ole Miss is currently like seventh in the country in scoring offense, and they've played two full games without three of their top weapons. That shows you the depth that this team has. Quinshawn Judkins has not really taken off it to this point. They're like sixth, seventh, or eighth in the country in scoring. They're averaging over 50 points a game without those weapons. It's phenomenal. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Tonight, Jason Simmons talking about NIL and the Alabama game as well. we got crossovers coming tomorrow with Luke Robinson and Jake Thomas from Tide Talk Live. And Friday, we'll have Tom Vanderford, and we'll do the Why Ole Miss Wins episode. And then Saturday, we'll have Brian Smith. We'll do the pregame show. We'll do the postgame show. We have a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff to do as the week goes on. So thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you tomorrow. Take care. Hotty toddy.